Right, uh, good afternoon everybody. Um, welcome, it's Sunday Sessions, 27th of December, 2020. Well, thank you very much everyone uh, that's here for uh, joining me, joining us for our weekly time of exploring nature-centered folklore, connecting this within your favorite sanctuary space and expressing inspired visions from your sanctuary through your poetry, writing, art, craft, performance and problem solving. Now, today's Sunday session is very different, different location. Uh, this is Claire's house and uh, I've got minimal equipment, so it's going to be uh, fairly sort of casual, casual-ish uh, today. And uh, I'm just watching for the sun. I hope that doesn't get uh, too bright to the back there, but I will definitely adapt as we go on. And I trust you've all had a wonderful solstice and uh, fun gatherings uh, through your Christmas as best you can do. And St. Stephen's Day, Boxing Day, if you celebrate that uh, yesterday, I hope you're in great spirits. And uh, we'll continue. This, uh, they, this Sunday session and the next one, they're really kind of overflows from the December traditions and the New Year traditions that I haven't covered so far. But I'm going to focus on first footing and explain what that is. I'm wassling into 2021. And both of those really you can connect them as being times of affirmation and community fellowship. Now, we got a couple of delightful guests uh, to share with this. Unfortunately, the panel, I put a, a note out for a panel to join us, but the people that were going to join in the panel, unfortunately, with most of them, uh, either their internet has gone down today because there are storms uh, through Ireland, UK, Europe, and USA, or they have, they're actually got guests around and uh, they're carrying on the feasting and, and so they should. Uh, but in a way, uh, if you've ever seen the poem that I've done, The Oak Tree That Went Viral, it's in the Having the Laugh book, uh, which I'll have to talk about at some point. But I think I'm going to have to bring out a version for the um, Sunday sessions, probably call them the uh, what, uh, Sunday seances and... Uh, is anybody there? Uh, can you hear me? Oh, well, that's a point. Can you hear me? I'm using a different microphone because the regular microphone I use uh, is too bulky. So I brought this one that I haven't used for years. So do tell me uh, if you're actually hearing me. Uh, but the couple of guests we've got, um, let's see, we've got uh, Maura. Let's get to the pictures here. We've got Maura uh, Barrett who couldn't get through last week she had isn't in the green room yet so let's hope uh, she will get there let's find more here um i've got remind you of uh, who she is she is there so, at some point uh there's more there and uh we've also got marion peter marks and uh we'll have a little minute from her so two wonderful poems coming up but here's some pictures there's the first footing uh that we're going to be covering and there's a family doing a wee bit of the wassailing there. So, first of all, let's see who we've got. Uh, uh, there's a few comments going through. There's Sherry. Ah, great. You got on board, Sherry. Good morning. Good morning from uh, Maine. 
and uh, Margie, uh, she's there. Happy New Year, Margie. There's quite a lot of you, isn't there? Sharon, hello from London. And Donna, uh, ever faithful Donna, lovely. Uh, happy holidays to you, Donna. Good morning from New Mexico and to everyone. And uh, uh, Sherry, thanks for telling me that the microphone's fine because uh, I didn't know way of knowing until someone says. So thank you for confirming that. And uh, Donna's hearing fine. And Margie is saying fine. So thank you. Snowy morning in Winnipeg. Uh, anybody, Margie, you in the West, have you got snow? I've been hearing reports of snow out in the west of Ireland, little bits uh, that are coming down. So uh, great. Um, and uh, Sherry, if you can hold on, well, we've got a bit of a feature. Sherry's got this lovely book that we needed to get in. And I'm going to see if uh, we can actually uh, get Sherry to actually say something on that. So uh, thanks very much. Let's get on with the show here and 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 get to the the photo album here to go through it so first footing first footing indeed and you can have a wee bit of read of that for a moment because i'm just going to show send a, a little message to sherry here oh it doesn't work oh dear okay the messenger thing doesn't work anyway uh, mm, how am I going to work this one? I haven't. All right. Okay. That's not going to work. Sherry, if you're uh, hearing, can you send me, message me uh, your email and uh, or send me an email and I'll see if I responded. It'd be lovely to get you on live uh, to talk about your book if we can. And it's usually a messenger link, sending a link through messenger, but that's down today. Anyway, so why... Should a dark-haired stranger carrying a lump of coal be the most welcome visitor after midnight on the 31st of December? Someone like that, maybe? Well, the, the uh, main reason this is happening is uh, this is very much a Scottish thing, and it was very much a tradition when I was uh, in, the, in the Hebrides, very much in the Highlands and Islands, and uh, I was, there was one guest I was hoping to get from the Isle of Mull, but her internet is down. Uh, so I've got. A, she sent me a wee note of how first footing is now. So I'll probably read that to you a little bit later. But the main reason it's happening uh, as a New Year tradition is it was actually banned uh, by the the We Free. Um, and the We Free, uh, the We Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland, they, they they banned Christmas. They're a bit like the Puritans that uh, came over to the uh, USA. And uh, you understand what I mean. I've got some pictures of, the, of some wee pre free people. Uh, there we go. That's a typical wee free minister. I bet you've seen some of that in US history. And there's their wee free church, a typical one in the Scotland Highlands. And there's a wee free minister with his family. And uh, I bet for some of you, uh, that brings back uh, different sorts of uh, memories. Anyway, they uh, they banned uh, the solstice celebrations, Christmas celebrations, and also Sawan celebrations. In Ireland, in, people cl still close their books, close their accounts at the end of October. All debts are settled, all disagreements are settled, and uh, this was very much a tradition on Tara, as I've said in past 
uh, Sunday sessions. But the Scots, what they did was actually move, move it forward uh, to um, the 1st of uh, January. They were allowed to celebrate New Year. The We Free allowed that. They weren't allowed Christmas and solstice because they, they regarded that somehow being too much of a Catholic. Uh, and they regarded Catholics as a pagan tradition anyway. That's typical We Free. I'm not going to go into the politics of that. Uh, but um, this did mean that the Norse origin of Yule wasn't allowed to. So it's all of December the 31st. That's acceptable. And, and which is quite funny that that's acceptable January the 1st because that is set by a Catholic Gregorian calendar. But I, that's another debate anyway. But in Ireland now, December the 30, uh, yeah, December the 31st, all debts and treaties have had to be sorted um, by the 31st of December. In Ireland, that's the 31st of October. And then the celebrations can be had. And so let's get back to the dark-haired stranger who's carrying the lump of coal. Um, get to my picture library here um, to get some. There we go. Uh, oh, yeah, this was a, a thing as well. I don't know why I brought that up. The, the flight of the earls uh, because, of course, the influence... Uh, going over to um, Ireland as well. I'll talk about that a bit later. Anyway, the stranger carrying the coal was regarded as good luck uh, because if it was a blonde-haired male carrying an axe like this fella, it was not good luck. And, of course, uh, if it was a blonde hair, they're probably going to massacre you. It's the whole Viking. Going back to the whole Viking thing. Uh, so uh, the first footer going from house to house may carry a fuel item for the fire uh, to represent warmth, a coin to represent uh, prosperity and bread. These days it's a slice of back button, which I'm going to show, but uh, uh, bread so that people don't go hungry, and a drink, which is usually whiskey, uh, which is to represent being happy and joyful. Now, Black Bun I mentioned, I, I did on Facebook show some Black Buns that uh, I made. Absolutely love them. Uh, it's kind of like a Christmas pudding, Christmas cake that's wrapped in pastry. And I've got some variations here. Uh, so this is what shared during the first footing. And I absolutely love Black Buns. Uh, really, I still prefer them to Christmas pudding and Christmas cake, really. So that's one Black Bun. There's another Black Bun. And sometimes they put a bit less pastry on, uh, like that one. They're all black buns, and it's what's served uh, with the um, – it's what's actually served when people call around. Now, First Footing actually did – wasn't exclusive to Scotland. Uh, it did actually come over – eventually arrived in Ireland with the planters. And the planters being lowland, some highland Scots, they brought some of their traditions over, and these traditions – kind of spread through the country, and uh, they influenced some of the Irish. Well, it's faded away a lot now, but it's the whole fellowship thing, the hospitality. Uh, and there's a map of that you can see. This is where the planters went to, all along the north, uh, down the Midlands, and then Cork and Kerry uh, down there. And very much that's the places where the, the planters were shifted uh, into. And this happened from about the 1550s uh, is the... Uh, onwards and then kind of faded 
But what happened when the planters came here, they actually added a few more traditions uh, added to the Scottish ones they were familiar with. And one was if the uh, first visitor after midnight was a red-haired woman, no matter how much food and drink she was carrying, how many offerings she had for the household, she was a red-haired woman. Go away. It was regarded as an omen of nasty things to come. Very um, masculine, isn't it? Anyway, she was sent away, unfortunately. They wanted that, still wanted that dark-haired man with a bit of fuel and the whiskey and the black bun. And there was also a huge tradition, and if you're familiar with Irish hospitality, uh, in order to help other people, they'll just give the shirts off their back. The hospitality is incredibly generous in Ireland, but the January the 1st was the one day when nothing was allowed uh, to leave the house uh, or the cottage home from midnight on December the 31st right through to uh, the midnight on the 1st. Uh, because if they let any, if they let stuff, more stuff leave the house than what came into the house, to them that was an omen of poverty and hunger for the year ahead and uh, even illness. Now, one day against the Irish instinct, uh, yes, that's what I'm saying, it's one day against Irish instinct, very odd. Uh, as I say, the first footing is only done by a few people, I think, today. So um, if you had no offerings, like this fella, I got some fella here. If you came with no offerings, he's just got his fiddle. He's going to have a tune. He'd still be sent away because he hasn't got any food, hasn't got any drink. Uh, and uh, regard is not adding anything to the cottage. And uh, if when people did come and uh, they did uh, have their food and drink, the other thing that developed in Ireland is when they went through the door, it was also a bad omen if they went out the same door they came in because that was regarded as something coming out of the cottage. So they had to go out the back door. And, of course, some of these cottages, they don't have a back door, so they had to climb out through the window. Uh, I, I did have photos of that, but unfortunately I couldn't find them. But the one thing is nobody is allowed to leave through the front door unless, of course, they party on until after the midnight of the first, then they can leave through the front door. <laughs> anyway, it was um, the day of the first in Ireland was known as the night of the big portion. And I've got something in the uh, the spelling of this, uh, the Irish, uh, there we go. The night of the big portion. Eakin Accordamore, uh, that's the night of the big portion. And this is uh, when the Irish were actually could be gluttonous and eat more than they would normally have uh, to any day throughout the year. And then the Irish, you know, the black bun, they had the cake uh, for dessert. And if I can get my photos up, let's have a bit of cake. It wasn't much different to the black bun. Um, it was, um, it's called gura cake. And it's more pastry, pastry, yeah. The pastry on it is a little bit lighter than the heavy shortbread that they have on the black bun. Sometimes it's just cake. Uh, that's something that they serve. But the gore, gore cake, here we go. A few pictures of that icing sugar on that. There's another one. And there's a lovely, light, crispy uh, one. They're very similar filling, perhaps a bit more bread, but funnily enough, it is lighter. And, um, and inside this, they would put tea. In the Scottish black bun, you put whiskey in it as uh, flavoring. But being Irish, uh, they put tea in it. It's like, it's like a variation of a tea cake. 
and uh, another one entered it into the Irish tradition. Haven't got you get some of the girl cake. And what happened was the eldest man in the cottage would, before anybody could eat the cake, would actually break up pieces of the girl cake and throw it up against the front door. And this was re this was uh, three pieces in the name of the Trinity. Of course, everything in Ireland is three. And it's also, if they do that and hit the front door, it's to banish hunger, banish poverty, banish any influences coming in that will bring hunger and poverty to the household. And then the, the cruel thing is the rest of the family then had to go to the front door, pick up the crumbs and eat it. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, part of uh, that tradition. Again, they didn't do that in Scotland. This is Irish developments. And, uh, oh, when when he was throwing the bun, the uh, eldest man, there was a an actual traditional rhyme. May your nets always be full, your pockets never empty, your horse not cast a shoe, the devil not look at you during the coming year. And so uh, another thing that the people would do, um, now the family could go outside the front door, and the one thing they would do, maybe it was the older man again, is to check which way the wind was blowing. Of course, there's a lot of it blowing around at the moment. Now, if the wind was blowing from the west, that meant there was good fortune coming in. But unfortunately, if it was blowing from the east, uh, old tradition, it was saying that the British would soon arrive and make you hungry and poor. And fortunately, we haven't had a, a major east wind through the Brexit sign-up. Uh, but that's the way it is. And, of course, anything between east and west is a sort of a pendulum. The more to the west, the more prosperous it's going to be for the year. More to the east, the more that's going to be taken away. Now, the best part of this, the whole thing, as you can imagine, with the first footing and whatever way the Irish did it, is the fellowship of all this. And uh, the Irish first footing is much like the Scottish uh, rural Cayley. They always, if people come around to a home, they say, "Ah, oh, we're going off to Cayley. You know, and we're not they're not just going off for a visit. They're going off to someone's home, off to the cottage for a Cayley. And they, they still do the home visiting in Ireland with their first footing, or they used to, just like in Scotland. But eventually everybody, and you don't know before, until it starts, it's a real organic thing, uh, the home visits would evolve into everyone in the same place, uh, several people in the same home, which, of course, we can't do at the moment. And everybody would share what they brought along in food, drink. And the way the process is, you're all together. And this starts with local gossip because not so long back in rural areas, the newspapers never got to the rural areas for two or three days after they were printed. And a lot of areas couldn't get the radio, certainly couldn't get the television, and there wasn't uh, any internet. Uh, so it starts off with the gossip. And, of course, gossip exaggerates, doesn't it? And as it exaggerates, in comes the folklore stories, which, of course, are all exaggeration. And especially as the whiskey and the alcohol settling in, it's an excuse to get those stories out. And uh, it's BS time, and as the stories are. But they mean something. They still mean something. As I often repeat with storytelling, it's not the facts that's in the story. It's what you actually hear with your senses that's the truth. And then the singing will start. And, uh, oh, I've got some uh, one or two pictures here. This is with Robin Williamson. And this was actually a setting, and it was down in Kerry, uh, where we actually did this sort of Katie's, cottage Katie setting 
I can't remember the woman's name, but it was absolutely lovely. And we went through this whole thing, if you're familiar with Robin Williamson, harp storytelling, multi-instrumentalist. Lovely evening. And that's them together. And then eventually, as the drink was going down, the story's been told, the songs are being sung. And along, the half dog gets thrown down and the dancing starts. Um, and then after a bit of dancing, there's a reflection on um, the people are not there. Empty seats are brought around the fire uh, to honor the people when they're not present. And then the fire dims down and everybody uh, goes home. So that's a, a little run through on the first footing on uh, in Scotland and a little bit of it that came into Ireland. Uh, so, excuse me, let's see. <coughs> uh, just to run through what you're saying here, uh, Claire somewhere. Hello, Blackburn. Claire loves Blackburn. Yeah, I've got some at Karakuri when we get there. <laughs> um, and then Donna, Black Bun, interesting. Have to find the recipe. Very simple, Donna. It's, uh, as you can imagine, it's a cottage recipe, and it's made with stuff that's going to be around the cottage, nothing complicated. Uh, so it really is uh, a fruit, stale bread. Uh, you can put, if you've got any dates and figs, uh, put those. I like to put ginger in because, uh, in fact, in Scotland and Ireland, ginger was actually made illegal. Uh, for the peasants to eat. Uh, the only time they could get ginger is around the solstice, around Christmas, because the um, people in the big houses, as the gifts that they gave at the time, would include a bit of ginger. And sometimes they would save that ginger and what was left over the following year. They'd start making their black buns in September and October, and any leftover ginger would go into it. So this is the fruit, whiskey, island tea, uh, and then short bread, short cross pastry is, is quite standard, uh, obviously with grain, wheat, oats, and uh, your water or milk, and the butter. The usual simple, uh, uncomplicated short crust that you just wrap it around. And that crust, like a Cornish pastry, it keeps the mold away. It keeps the cake uh, fresh so it can mature within the crust. And uh, it's lovely after a few months old, but a few weeks. The one I made is just a few weeks. So, uh, well, we got Sharon uh, May here. I remember people first footing at my grandparents' house in Scotland. Neighbors always dropping in. You never knew. <laughs> That's the way it was. Uh, you just didn't know uh, who was going to turn up. And that was the excitement of it. And, of course, um, when you're couples, uh, it's one goes out on the round and, and one stays in the home. And the first footing, it starts on the first. And uh, it keeps going to Epiphany on the sixth, which is in Scotland. It's the old Christmas. So you do this. And it goes on night and day. It's like shifts. Just keep going and going and going. And the first uh, on the Isle of Mull, what we used to do is uh, it's all narrow roads, all single track roads. And people would be driving about and because neighbours would be uh, scattered apart. So on, as soon as it was midnight, the first person that the people would call on be the local policeman. So they made sure the local policeman was full up with whiskey or whatever before people jumped on their cars and started going around. They, they had to put the policeman uh, out of action first. And um, 
so he never got to do his first footing until the following day onwards, but I suppose there was a bit of blind eye. I doubt if that goes on now because his authority from Glasgow uh, be all over him uh, for that. Uh, I was saying about, uh, it's a shame I haven't got Anne Baxter, uh, who's a lovely friend. Anne Baxter is someone uh, in Benes and Isle of Mole, was absolutely wonderful to visit when we went around because she was a perfect host for the first footing. There'd be this great cauldron of soup and her homemade um, oat cakes because in West Brown Bread in Ireland, it's oat cakes, uh, rough oat cakes that are made on the griddle. Uh, in Scotland, there'd be that, there'd be plenty of whiskey, other drinks for people who are not drinking the whiskey, and just this immediate hospitality, the roaring fire, and when I think first footing, I think uh, of Anne, and I'm going to look on, um, uh, if you'll excuse me a moment, I'm going to have a look at her messages uh, here, and this is what she had to say about uh, first footing today, um, blah, 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 blah. Here, uh, um, let's see, uh, she See her comments here. Right. Um, you know, she says, what can I say? And, the, you know, I was saying, how are you coping with first footing through the COVID? And uh, she was saying, she goes on to describe that people aren't visiting, uh, not visiting uh, at all, which is very odd. And people find that odd. And even the local shops, she's saying here, are not allowing people in, you know, the little village stores. Uh, people have to actually call in uh, an order and they will actually deliver. And this is certainly island life. There's no hesitation to deliver. But the one thing is, that she says, instead of people calling door to door with the food and the drink, what they're actually doing, and it's really an extended thing, is the neighborly thing of phoning people up because they've got phone service now and they actually got a bit of internet and to take lists off of people. What do they want? What do they need? So there's a lot of people doing volunteer home delivering to make sure nobody's hungry, nobody's without medical help, everybody is safe, everybody's warm, everybody's got fuel. So this is going on, the whole first footing, the fellowship has come to the fore more than the tradition, which I think is absolutely uh, beautiful. And uh, people are cooking at home for the people who can't cook. And uh, there is... Um, some of the people that visit, they do give little donations so it can help with the food bill because the volunteer, we, they don't want the volunteers to actually go broke, but it's not, uh, it's, you know, if people haven't got the money, they haven't. The idea is make sure everybody is supplied. And that's typical uh, Ireland. And, of course, they have the same thing as well, being Mole, being a tourist place like Ireland, uh, where we're restricted to traveling three miles when there's a restriction but everybody's coming in on planes from Europe and uh, from North America, and they seem to be able to go everywhere. And she says that's the same on Mull. They're all restricted, trying to keep safe. And there's these people from overseas wondering they can't, why they can't have the usual vacation. But I think the point there, it's lovely, is that fellowship. So if you've got any stories of uh, around fellowship, because this is what this is about, and I'm going to go on to whistling uh, next. Uh, so this is a general chat, as I say, it's a more casual Sunday sessions to brood over this idea of fellowship. And I'm going to continue this through on next Sunday as well, uh, a little bit more once we're into the January. But uh, I'm going to uh, get myself, uh, anybody else here? Yes. 
Any more memories there about that, Sharon, uh, about uh, first footing uh, and people turning up? Any stories you've got uh, from that, uh, which would be lovely. Uh, I am said hello to the other people here. There's Kimberly. Good morning uh, from Boston. And uh, Brittany, uh, Winnipeg, it's snowing there. And uh, right. Okay, Sherry. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll have Sherry with a book next week. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, uh, very soon. In fact, why don't I get into the picture of that and why I'm thinking about it? Uh, let's make, I haven't got the uh, link on it. Sherry, can you give, uh, post some links um, uh, to your book? And I, I'll put the cover up uh, right now. Here we go. There we go. In service, uh, in service of the king. And hopefully Sherry will be uh, able to talk more about this, but it's really an incredible all-in packed adventure of Neve, who's going from the dark to the light, which is, of course, what the traditions right now are celebrating. But when, with her life, she's actually living this. Um, and it features all sorts of symbols and beings from folklore and mythology. Uh, mermaids are there, which I love. Uh, the fairies are there. Uh, dragons are a huge feature on that. I look forward uh, to uh, Sherry being able to present this for you. But meanwhile, hopefully she'll post a link to you uh, of access to that uh, various ways that you can get it. So in the service uh, of the king and Sherry, you may know, she, uh, a great supporter of these Sunday sessions, tells as many people as she can about it. So I'm looking forward when we have a bit more space next Sunday for her to actually talk to you uh, about the book. So I... I hope you've gotten the notes on that, and Sherry will give uh, the um, the lowdown, the and the contacting uh, for that. Right now, there we go. Uh, it's time for wassailing. Let's talk about the wassailing. I'm a little early on the wassailing, but never mind because it give me an excuse to talk more about it uh, next week. What I don't cover this week, uh, Mora. Uh, unfortunately, Maura, are you around? I don't see Maura Barrett. This was when I was hoping Maura could get on to do her poems. Uh, but um, we had struggled with her last week. And we may end up having to have Maura on next week after all that. Uh, so she's uh, not around at the moment. Uh, so that's one poem, uh, one poet that we haven't got. So let's get uh, down to a bit of wassling. It looks like as if it's just going to be me. There was a, a, a yeah, yesterday there was a multitude of guests coming on, but uh, various reasons the holiday, the gales, the lack of internet, we haven't got them. And funnily enough, um, I've got a, uh, I've got about the same internet as uh, in Karakori, which is great. So uh, it's a shame if we have people live, we've got the horsepower here today uh, for them. Anyway, there's two types of wassailing. Let's get on to a bit of uh, uh, tree. Tree sort of goddess here. There we are, tree god. To get you in the mood for wassailing. Talking about apple trees. And uh, sorry, I haven't got any apple trees or decor uh, around me. Um, in fact, there's nothing Christmassy in here. There is a lovely Christmassy room here, but if I had set up in there, it's too echoey. But it's absolutely be uh, beautiful. Uh, the Claire and the family have uh, put together here. Oh, uh, talking of that, uh, I should have brought this up at the beginning. Before we get on to the wassailing, you might have seen this on Facebook, but uh, Claire, uh, Claire's daughter-in-law, uh, she writes these beautiful journals, and uh, 
very similar to when we did journaling with Sunday session. She does drawings and she sort of writes her thoughts and feelings. And this was her interpretation of these Sunday sessions. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and uh, I, I think you can pretty much, that's in her journal. And she sent me a, a Christmas card with that uh, drawing in it, which I think is absolutely delightful. The whole idea, uh, there's the hat, there's the dungarees. And there is the uh, the spiral folklore that I'm always presenting, the spiral as against the linear. And, of course, uh, very symbolic of labyrinths and labyrinth gardens. So that's Sandy Patriarca's uh, drawing there. And uh, a lovely interlude to show you that. That's somehow got to be some kind of uh, logo of uh, future editions, don't you agree? Anyway, two types of wassailing. Now, the wassailing itself, uh, it's really the blessing of apple trees and Thanksgiving for the cider because you think of Ireland especially, not so much with Scotland, although Scotland's famous for its seed potatoes, believe it or not, especially the islands, uh, that uh, you think of potatoes and it's very important to have a big stash of potatoes for sustenance food through the winter. But, of course, potatoes have only been around three, four hundred years. I, I forget exactly. Anyway, Elizabethan times. And, and uh, oh, goodness me. And uh, before then, what was what sustenance? There were leeks, there were roots. But the one thing that was very important was the apples. And apples for the vitamin C, as we know today, and it was for keeping people healthy, keeping them alive, uh, keeping them refreshed, keeping uh, disease. There's Claire. Hello, Claire. <laughs> Answering the phone. Uh, say hello to Claire. Hello. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> very good. Uh, as I say, it's a very casual session today. Anyway, one thing about uh, apples uh, is the background to apples, how they actually got here. We have the crab apples, and uh, they're through the UK. And if you've ever tried to pull a crab apple, try to eat it, and it leaves a taste in your mouth, almost like a ripe banana. It just stays there. Or if you had a fertilized cucumber, try to bite into that. And so, but the crab apples make a beautiful sauce. Uh, make put them with honey and slow, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but uh, the Chinese, they got hold of crab apples, and through generics, I suppose that they perhaps learned from the Babylonians. They developed the large apples, the eating apples, uh, like what we have today, and that we beautifully have today. Now, the one thing with the Chinese, and I only uh, learned this recently, that at the time of the solstice of going from the that point of the short, especially North China, uh, the time of the longest night, shortest days, that the Chinese used to give gifts at that time of apples. They would go around door to door and give apples to people as a gift. And now apparently in parts of China, they still do that in Christmas Eve because Christianity has come into parts of China and they've adapted to a lot of the Christmas um, traditions. So, But they still have the apples giving uh, as presents. And, of course, with I've mentioned with the Christmas trees, the hanging of apples uh, that we do through hanging baubles on the trees. Now, what's famous from the Chinese is the setting up of the tra trading routes through Siberia and the north, the Silk Road. And uh, along the Silk Road, in order to provide sustenance for the traders and travelers, 
that uh, these uh, trees that were grafted onto uh, crab apples, because that's how they, they got these big apples, just like we do today, is species of apples are grafted onto the roots of crab apples. And they were planted along the, the Silk Road. And that gave sustenance to the travelers. And gradually these apples, they became a traveling commo uh, trading commodity too. So apples came to Europe. They were grown very much in Eastern Europe. And then they spread from Eastern Europe as crops, Western Europe, and eventually over to uh, Scotland, uh, Ireland. So that's how we got to the apples. So really the whole wattling tradition, though it came over perhaps with the Saxons to originally to England, area, the Anglo-Saxon areas, um, Northwest Germanic area, uh, that that came off of the Silk Road, that came to us. And so it's amazing how these traditions uh, were, um, have been involved. And we had fun yesterday because I was talking about wassailing and first footing with Sandy, who's uh, from Thailand. And we were comparing with what they do in their traditions in their country. And it's amazing. They do exactly the same things, maybe with different fruits uh, and under the Buddhism, but it's the same traditions, the same fellowship. So it's all over the world. Anyway, I'll stop uh, talking on that and get to the theme of wassailing. And uh, so we have the wassailing. Uh, where's my, there's some pieces here. Uh, goodness, I've, uh, Lost my wares. Okay. The wassailing itself. Here we go. Annual Thanksgiving, the blessing of the fruit trees. And, of course, this is really about the apple trees. And uh, from the uh, medieval tradition, this was always happened on the sort of 12th night, the 12th night, which is... Um, Oh, it used to be uh, by the old calendar, the seventeenth uh, of January. But the seventh of January is our Epiphany, the twelfth night. Uh, but uh, it was, I think, the seventeenth of January on the old uh, Julian calendars. And many local traditions have altered this to the fifth or sixth of January uh, through the use of the modern Gregorian calendars. But there is also local traditions that host wassailing on different days. It's changed over, especially the last 200 years. So there's wassailing in some areas that goes on all the way from Sawan right through to Imbolc. But in most cases, it's an epiphany time because that's when the sap is starting to come up into the apple trees after being still and asleep through the winter. So uh, the tree is becoming awake. So the blessing is done as the tree is coming awake. And this really is a blessing time, as I say, for the winter season. Um, and in Ireland, uh, there's not been that much wassailing at all. Uh, it's fairly recent here, but it all comes from the Germanic Saxon tradition, as I say, which seems to have come off the Silk Road. And there's a Saxon call-out phrase, which is Puhail, be thou hail, be in good health. And the people would call back, drink hail which means being healthy. And I probably got a banner uh, with that, with what I'm talking about. There we go. There you go. West hail. Drink hail. <laughs> and um, let's see if I got a picture to put you up with that. There we go. Drink and be merry. There you go. There's a, there's a wassailing queen having a big mug of cider. So she would definitely be merry and uh, 
wishing everybody to be merry. And this is all about uh, cider and apple trees. Um, and a similar celebration, say, in Kent, um, anywhere where they're growing hops and barley and making ale. And while I'm thinking of it, is there anybody uh, watching this from Clonmel? Because they're big into apple fest there. It's a big apple growing area, Clonmel, Tipperary. And they're doing wassailing. Uh, they're blessing their apple trees. Uh, and they're very excited. They haven't been doing it that long. But apples, any apple celebrations to increase the abundance, they're really uh, very excited and very committed to that. Now, before um, Saxon times, similar celebrations around the Mediterranean for wine. Apparently, there was uh, west of Ireland, uh, there was celebration of the wine that was similar to Wassling, uh, though I'm not sure if they had vines or not. But around the Mediterranean, olive oil gets the same blessing celebration. Uh, but anyway, the uh, medieval times wassail uh, is the sort of name that uh, came uh, from those names. Let's get it back. Uh, Westpool Hale became wassail, and uh, and uh, that came from the Norse. Which is similar. They had Veshale and they got that from the Silk Road, I'm sure. Um, so the blessing of apple trees seems to have developed as a later tradition, uh, sort of medieval onwards, and it's still growing. Let's uh, get your uh, pictures here. Uh, something I wanted as a kind of blessing. Here's the king. Uh, no good picture. There's the king and queen. They're lifted up into the apple trees as part of the uh, celebration. Um, it's, it's funny, I, uh, I think I might have mentioned that Claire and I, we ended up uh, doing an apple ceremony up, I forget the name of the town, it begins with W something, it was up in North East Germany, and uh, it was really funny, we were picked up from Frankfurt Airport, and uh, the driver didn't really know where he was going. He was using a sat-nav. I don't think Google Maps was really that developed at the time. Anyway, he was using a sat-nav. He got the directions to where this uh, app, uh, conference was, where well, we were to perform apples. And he got lost, and he was parked outside an apple processing plant where they made uh, the cider, they made the apple juice. And the whole village, well, we, it was surrounded by orchards. And I later found when we were having the conference there that that was probably where wassling as we know it actually originated from, but nobody had heard of it. So it was like taking refrigerators to the Eskimos in a way that I had the three verse wassling song that, by the way, I'm not going to sing it today. I'm going to get together with Claire and on the next Sunday, which is closer to the wassling time, we'll sing it to you, the three verses. But, uh, we sang them the three verses, and they translated it into German. So we brought Wassling back into modern German to that area. So uh, I gather the groups of them are now blessing their apple trees, bringing back the Wassling uh, to that area in uh, northeast Germany, which I'm absolutely delighted that they've revived the tradition in some way. But Wassling is also a door-to-door -door sharing, and it's a sharing and a fundraising activity. So it's not only the blessing of the trees, but it's a door-to-door -door thing, very much like mumming that I was talking about last week, a variation on that. And they go around there, yeah, they've got the bowl, and that's full of hot, warm cider, if they can keep it warm. 
and it's got cinnamon toast in it, uh, covered in cinnamon. Again, cinnamon like ginger is the only time of the year that they're all allowed really to use it. And they would offer them uh, some of the wassail. There were single wassailing songs and the gentry and the people at the house, they were given gifts of food uh, and drink uh, for them to go away. So that was, it was a sort of a begging thing, but uh, it was, oh, here's the wassailing song. Here's a version. That's what they sing when they go uh, door to door. Um, so there you go. Isn't that a nice blessing? That's a real fellowship uh, blessing and a goodwill. And it's the sort of thing we need and do right now. Now, during the uh, Saxon and into Norman times, uh, wassailing became, as I say, uh, it's an exchange here between peasants and the feudal lords. Uh, there's some more. There we go. That is really a begging uh, up against the feudal lords in that one. They were allowed in. And there was actually superstition amongst those elite lords, that these peasants that they were regarded as pagans had a collective spell amongst them. And they could if they could enforce, if there was too much uh, austerity enforced upon them by these uh, lords, uh, then only bad stuff would, you know, they would curse the lords. Uh, so the, <clears throat> sorry, the few lairs would give the wassailers gifts of food, drink, and maybe clothing, and sometimes <clears throat> they'd actually give them some currency money. And I explained in previous Sunday sessions how sometimes they went to the well and they would bank some of that money actually into the logs there to bring them prosperity and good health. Maybe they didn't have access to places they could spend the coinage. <clears throat> but if I feel some of this, uh, I wonder, you know, at Christmas in your job, uh, you get Christmas bonuses and uh, the, and parties that employers host. So I wonder if that's how the tradition has happened. You give the peasants, keep them happy with a nice Christmas bonus uh, and a party so they'll have loyalty and be kindness and they won't curse you or put you out of business for the next year ahead. But sadly, over the years, the door-to-door -door whistling has become abused because there's been ruffian lads uh, it was a while ago, uh, there was rough, ruffian lads, they started begging door to door and uh, aggressively begging for the food and drink. And then if they didn't get, feel they didn't get enough food and drink, then they would actually go into the garden, sometimes into the home, and cause vandalism uh, if nothing was offered or they feel that there were, people were being made. So the door to door got a bad name and it kind of fizzled out, the door to door whistling. And we're going to talk about the wassailing bowl. There's a little bit to read on the wassailing bowl. Now, it's usually made of sycamore, and it's interesting because the, the sycamore itself, it actually uh, came in with an enormous. There's a lot of dispute. Some people say that Cromwell brought them in, but I think, no, Cromwell brought in the beach. Uh, the, the Normans brought in the sycamore because it grows quickly, and it's very easy for wood workers to work on it. It's a very good uh, building wood. And uh, here's a sycamore bowl. There's a wattling sycamore bowl for you. And um, But before the uh, Normans arrived, uh, sycamore was actually quite rare. So it's assumed the uh, poplar, uh, aspen wood was used. Uh, they're both sort of whitish woods. So uh, that was wattling bowl. Uh, as I say, did go to, you know, this would be the Saxons. Saxons would have used the poplar 
uh, or what you know as the Asp Aspen. But, but the uh, Wasslingen Island, when it did happen, wouldn't have happened pre-Normans. It was likely in some way the Normans brought it in, where they picked it up from the Saxons. And toast, toast is very much part of the Wassail. As I say, it's either, there's some toast hanging from a branch there. And uh, it's either floating in the wassail bowl that I showed you, or, or it's served separately. Uh, here's, here's a wassail bowl. It's not toast. They've actually got cinnamon bread in that one. And there's the apple floating away there. And cinnamon was added either in the cider or uh, on the toast, as I've mentioned. Now, wassailers, uh, if... When they went door to door, they, uh, they were uh, performing, as well as the wassailing song, there'd be other songs, music, jokes, and they would dance to music. Uh, they'd have the whistle of flute and do whatever they can to earn what they can uh, from the lairds. Uh, and in Scotland and uh, Northern England, the visiting wassailing tradition, it, it moved in a lot of places, especially in Scotland, to the Halloween guising. Uh, and as the, the uh, first footing, as I mentioned, there's some guys that have shown that before, but that's what the wassailing became more or less uh, round uh, when it was so on time. But the traditions have faded away, and as you're familiar, the, a lot of these traditions of this time are now trick-or-treat and so on. Uh, but no, at least the trick-or-treaters today are rarely vandals in response. That's one thing we can be uh, grateful for. Uh, they're generally uh, very good people for sustaining joy and gratitude. There's a nicely dressed up, a uh, uh, bit different to perhaps the trick-or-treaters that you get uh, uh, in Ireland, in the USA, but some of them dress up like that in Ireland, some of them still in Scotland. But back to uh, the more polite calling on the lairds, and this seemed to also be the origin. We've just gone past Boxing Day. Oh, it's St. Stephen's Day here, but Boxing Day in uh, Scotland, in, not in Scotland, in England, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. And I think that door-to-door wassailing is very much uh, the origin. It became respectable as Boxing Day to pick up your boxes from the lairs, from your employers, and that's what you've got in the gifts. Uh, it's the holiday after Christmas Day. But it's St. Stephen's Day uh, in Ireland, of course, Stephen's Day is the time of the Wren boys, and I've mentioned that in the mumming and showed some pictures then. Uh, right. <clears throat> so uh, if, if they didn't reward at the door, as I had mentioned, the family will prepare meals for the staff. Uh, it's, it's become very organized uh, as far as that side of the wassailing goes. So they put on meals and at the meals, they sometimes get their boxes. And at the end of the meals, that's when the lay and the family would give gift boxes for people to take home and enjoy. And uh, there'd be thank you notes of uh, thanking them for the service for the past year and wishing them good health and luck uh, for the year ahead. But I'm going to go on to the blessing of the apple trees because this is the part of wassailing I love. But let's see what you've had to say. Uh, Sherry's got her... Um, uh, it's in the comments there. There's a, a link, and I hopefully you can click on that. Uh, and then uh, Sherry's saying the book is for sale on Amazon. Um, 
An auburn hair female neighbor did turn up uh, with a blonde wig. Oh, a double whammy. Uh, you've got the, um, uh, the red-haired uh, kind of banshee turning up along with the, uh, the marauding uh, Norse <laughs> all in one go. Yes, that would be very funny. Well, at least people would think that was funny now. They'd be terrified uh, and really bang the door. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, she didn't want to be seen redheaded, but it was okay to be blonde. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. Uh, Charmaine, first 14 grandparents. That was in explain for that. Okay, the uh, blessing of the apple trees. And this is something probably you can all have a, a go at there. And we'll go back to the original picture of the family there who are kind of involved uh, in that. Um, and that, you can pretty much sum it up by just looking at that picture, um, which I think is absolutely lovely. lovely. Uh, but the blessing of the trees uh, wattling is still strong. It's actually still strong in a lot of areas, and it's becoming more popular. As they, the door-to-door -door is not so much popular now because it's been abused. But the blessing of apple trees, blessing of trees generally is becoming popular not only because of the dependence on the apple trees, and I think it's become popular because it's fellowship. It's something we can do without holding. Uh, we don't need to hold the the phone or the uh, the iPad. It's something where we can still get together and have a kind of fellowship. And it's very, very popular in uh, Western England, side of counties, uh, Devon, Somerset especially, uh, Worcestershire, Herefordshire. Parts of South uh, Wales, definitely Herefordshire, uh, because of Bulmers. And uh, of course, Bulmers, Magnus, Magnus is why I asked, is there any Clomel people here? Because uh, that's Magnus and Bulmers are all it's associated. And uh, But now it's getting revival in South Wexford as well. So it's not just Tipperary, where there's apple trees, Wexford, uh, Waterford. And even in East Cork, where there's a lot more apples being grown. Apples are now being grown a lot more in Meath and Westmeath, Longford, Cavan. Certainly Leitrim has its own varieties. Meath along the Boyne has its own varieties. So I think this is a tradition. It is modern now, um, and it is spreading. And some people say, oh, no, you can't alter the tradition. Uh, you can't mess around. You can't just play at traditions. But... As you've seen with the apple, I think it started in China, moved about, and it changes. Traditions organically change, and why not? Uh, there's a lot of people who try and, I think, hold on to a fixed tradition. But if you look into it closely, it's a fixed tradition that started probably 200 years ago. So they're trying to keep things as they were 200 years ago. Anything three, 400, 500, 300, 400, 500 years ago, it's all to be traditional. <laughs> That's the response I tend to get. So uh, I suppose I'm encouraging more blessing of apple trees. And different, uh, it's different how wassailing's done. The dates are different, as I've said, uh, with the different villages. And uh, the wassailing ritual, if held in Epiphany, is, as I say, is to wake up the apple trees. It's when the sap is running. And let's get something on that. Uh, here we go. Uh, now, these these guys here, uh, there they go. They're toasting the apple tree there. Uh, and that's one way. And uh, when they've done that toast with that lads, they'll just then 
pour the cider down to the roots. That's just one step. But that's not the full uh, wassailing, but uh, that's a sort of a lazy way. Or maybe other people are going to appear, but that's they're just going to have a toast to each other and pour some, drink some of it, pour some of it, and they're going to bless the tree and the roots and wake it up. Uh, but in, the, there's a, in most areas, they appoint an apple queen. And there she is. There's an apple queen in one area. I think this is Herefordshire. And they take her off. They're carrying her off to the oldest tree in the orchard. The oldest tree in the orchard, uh, because as you may have read recently and what I've said in Sunday session, it's the oldest tree whose roots are uh, uh, interlocked with all the other young trees. The eldest tree might not be given the biggest yield, gives the smallest yield of apples, but is there motivating and teaching all the small apple trees because they are there giving the yields. Uh, but it's the eldest tree that's to be blessed and to pass on that blessing to the others. And here is the apple queen who's going to be lifted into the oldest tree in the orchard where she places the cider and cinnamon soaked bread. You know, I showed the toast. It can be soggy uh, bread, and it's put into the boughs. Um, do, do I have the, uh, There's an apple. Uh, there they go. There's a king and queen. So you put the king up there, too. And often it is youngsters, and they're going to start putting that cinnamon toast into the grooves, into the boughs of the tree. And that's to bless the tree, to nourish the tree, that the tree will actually stay strong. So you pour the cider down into the roots for the roots. This is for the tree and for the... Uh, for the tree and its branches to create more apples. He's blessing the tree uh, and say, please, let's have a big yield of apples from you, please. So that's uh, what that is. Um, and while the apple tree king uh, and the apple king, he's supposed to actually be down. There's supposed to be just a queen there. So they varied this, but he's supposed to be down the bottom pouring the cider in the roots. And then there's a, as I say, I showed you earlier, I'm going to, we're going to sing it and show you it more next week. Uh, there's a blessing um, um, verse for each action. Uh, they're, they're kind of indulging. They're sort of blessing each other there. Uh, there's another one of king and queen, uh, youngster, and I showed you that one, of the branch. So there's a, there's a verse for blessing the roots, a verse for blessing the tree, and then there's a verse for blessing each other. And there we go. There's a circle dance around a tree. And uh, and it's all accompanied with a lot of noise uh, in order to wake up the tree. And there they are. They're probably singing that third verse with the fellowship circle uh, to bless each other. And so say, we'll get the words. I'll get together with Claire and let's sing this uh, next uh, next Sunday, which is closer to wassailing time. Now, in parts of the USA, please tell me, uh, USA viewers, if this happens in your area, it's something similar to wassailing. But people throw shoes up in the tree. <laughs> I don't know whereabouts in the USA, or Kansas or somewhere. And they try to, they throw it for luck and blessings for the family. If they can get the shoe to stick there, um, that's a, a tree blessing. So please let me know. D does that happen in your area? Uh, put that in the comments. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Donna's saying something. Here in New Mexico, we don't want the trees to wake up too soon or the unsettled weather will kill the blossoms. Again, the traditions, you adapt them to the weather, the landscape conditions where you live. It just happens that in Ireland, uh, certainly England, 
uh, you can, if you put your ear up against the tree, uh, you can sometimes hear the gurgling of the water coming up. Uh, you can actually hear it coming up uh, through behind the bark. And then you know that that's the time for blessing. And this is true for when you get the, uh, take the sap from the, when you tap the birches, a bit like you tap the maples. Uh, you listen for that gurgling sound, and that's when you uh, undo the hole that you perhaps put a dowel in from the year before, put your tap in, and you start tapping the birches. Uh, you don't do that with the apple. It's not very nice, but it's a sign that the tree is woken up when you actually hear that. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Donna, for that. Um, you adapted to where you live. Uh, yummy, yes, everything with apples is very yummy, Monica. Thank you. And Sherry. Uh, all, with all else that has occurred in 2020, this is the, where my yes, that's a, that's actually quite general. We didn't do very well with apples this year either. Uh, we did very well with berries. Berries was absolutely wonderful. It was a top year, but apples, pears, and I thought it was just us, and then talked to everybody else. The yields were pretty low uh, on those, so very unfortunate. So let's let's get this fellowship going, and let's bless for. Good apple trees, good blossom, and the blossoms don't get blown off by wind. It was frost that took away the blossoms last year. Very late frosts in May and early June took away the blossoms so they didn't form into apples. And that's why our yields were down. But fortunately, that didn't affect the berries. And it was perfect conditions for the uh, berries. Ah, so. Now, in the USA, there are fragments of wassailing. Oh yeah, I showed you that. Uh, the um, we got the tree. I got you with the trees there. Now, now. let's move on with this uh, wassailing. Do you know? I think I pretty much covered it because what's been messed up here is, and the time's nearly up anyway. Um, we didn't have the guests. We didn't have the panel. So I told you a few extra stories as a, a kind of a fill-in. But wassailing is growing in popularity in Scotland. There's an apple day at the end of October there. And then during early January, they have wassailing in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Stirling, Jebborough, and many towns around Fife where there's a lot of orchards. Uh, some of the towns I can think of that has orchards nearby, Cooper, Buckhaven, Tayport. Uh, so it's becoming very popular. Um, but as I say, unfortunately, we don't have the panel. If you've got any questions, please fire them or any of your own experiences with first footing, uh, with uh, wassailing, or any customs and traditions of this year where we're going from the dark to the light and you're involved in some kind of fellowship, and especially any stories and comments you can make of how you're working this with the COVID, with the restrictions on visiting, like I gave first footing on the Isle of Mull, has changed from going around to people's houses to delivering boxes uh, to people's houses and they'll get on the phone and they'll get on the internet and have conversations. What are you lacking? How are you doing? Uh, is there anything I can get you? Anything you need? And you know, through conversations, what you can put in those boxes. So instead of knocking on the door with the coal and the uh, black bun and the whiskey, it's all in the box on the doorstep and not as nice, obviously, but it's what keep, it's keeping people alive, keeping them healthy, keeping the immune system up. It's still all fellowship, and I'm glad we'll all be glad when we pass that, won't we? Uh, so uh, that's uh, what's happening. Um, so that's 
So there's no panel today. Oh, I tell you what, we've got Marion Peter Marks, uh, one poem. She couldn't get on today, but I, I, would, uh, I do have a video of a short poem, and I'm going to try and find pictures of our apple trees. Here we go. I'm going to put uh, her, uh, this is uh, pictures. These are her apple trees. Now, she got a decent bit of a, a crop. She's in British Columbia in uh, Canada. And that's her crop there. And I'm going to uh, get a video on, and uh, you'll actually see her. Uh, and I'll get a video. Coming to you from Chilliwack, BC, Canada. Here's my little poem about my apple tree. Ye old apple tree, gnarled and bent, 80 years spent, without fail, producing a crop each year with surprising abundance still, enduring, resilient, it's clear. Over the years, limbs have fallen, one limb remaining, and still it stands, moss-covered, gnarled and bent, but still not spent. There we go, short but very sweet, Marion Peter Marks with uh, a wee poem with her apples. Uh, thank you, uh, Marion, for that. Uh, so, um, yes, uh, thanks for that. Let's see what else she's uh, doing. Um, uh, right. Now, I'm losing my grip here, aren't I? Um, okay. Now, Monica. Apple orchards, farms that have festivals in October... Yeah, I know. I see that's uh, that's a lovely thing uh, through the apple areas of the USA. Been to some myself. Uh, it's great fun. And um, certain times of the year in Philadelphia, maybe you ought to have wattling as well. Make it two things, like they do. As I say, there's the apple days uh, in Scotland, uh, in Ireland too. But they bring in the wattling too. So you've got the apple days to celebrate the harvest. And the apple fairs to celebrate the harvest. Why not have uh, the celebration and the blessings to bring on the apple trees? And I think to do it twice like that is absolutely uh, wonderful. I um, and then Sherry's saying she does an inspirational post each day. She does; they're beautiful on Facebook, and uh, she's inviting the friends' request. She comes up with these amazing photos and lovely things to say about them. And uh, how to bless the hair, healthcare workers. Uh, so maybe take them an apple. <laughs> uh, see if you can get apples to them, baskets and bowls of apples, because they're, uh, as I've mentioned in the Orm ones, you know, the idea of an apple a day for the, uh, is the one through winter for the health. But you take an apple to the teacher as well. And it's not to try and nudge, nudge the teacher. It's because of the Apples Association to Wisdom. Look, teacher, from all your serving, all your teaching me, um, uh, I eat apples and I understand what you're saying. And he has an apple for you to increase your wisdom too. Uh, so uh, it's, I, I just love the apple symbolism, as you can probably understand. Any excuse to bring up apples, uh, I, I do. That was about a little fruit in... Anyway, on the Sunday sessions uh, that's coming up, next week 
we'll go more into the tradition. It's going to be very casual uh, uh, next uh, week. Uh, it's, uh, hopefully we will get a panel of guests. We will have Claire. We will go through the Wassling songs. But it's going to be featuring uh, next week what's going to be happening with the Sunday sessions through uh, 2021. Uh, a lot, I've been very detailed with uh, the Sunday sessions since March, since we've gone online, since we can't have people around to the cottage. But a lot of that is going into the She Water and Tree Folklore course. And I would like it to make it, the Sunday sessions to be more magazine, more guests, more conversation uh, on the specific subjects. And I hope you'll enjoy that format. And you'll be given the links uh, to the uh, folklore course. And as I tend to say uh, at this time, as far as the folklore course is going, uh, the funding of that, the Sunday sessions, which have subscriptions to pay for, and um, the general uh, labyrinth gardens, the upkeep, uh, this is what we do. If you become a, a patron uh, subscriber uh, there on the uh, through Patreon, uh, I'm not going to charge for the course, but the subscribers on Patreon just a, a euro dollar or a pound a month or more and uh i've got links over the karakori webpage if you don't catch that and so all the subscribers are going to get the tutorials as i make them and uh they'll that's the subscription there's not going to be a course fee they'll get access to the course as it uh evolves with its tutorials uh with its uh, subjects uh and uh there, uh, I thank you anyway. Thank you all for your support. Because uh, um, most of you watching are already supporting, and it helps me to continue and helps us to continue these uh, projects. So there's going to be topic videos, podcasts, slides, ebooks, and eventually, when several of you are together, we will go over and have our own little Zoom uh, things as well as these broadcasts. And I'll give you some assignments to do eventually. Uh, to have a go at and if if there was an assignment today is go and find your apple trees or go and find the bless your apple trees see how you feel about that write a journal about the blessing and what what did you feel how do you feel you would need to bless how would you share with that how does it enhance the fellowship that would be a kind of an assignment uh, that we would do anyway when you subscribe after you subscribe as the course develops i'll message you to give you access and how to use the course, and that should start next month. So thank you for being uh, subscribers, and I'm going to tell you what's coming up as well early next year because we've got some lovely stuff still to come. Of course we have. <laughs> and uh, and then there's uh, Sherry. Good day and blessings to Mother Oak and uh, as well. And uh, there's uh, Orchards, yeah, the festivals. You cover that. Thanks. So coming up, Sunday Sessions. As I say, it's an introduction to Sunday Sessions, how it's going to be in uh, 2021. More about uh, wassailing, more sort of panelling, I hope, with people talking about it. We'll have singing, we'll have guests, uh, we'll have a lot of fun. And then the week after that, uh, 10th of January, is divination. We're going into divination. We've covered the Orm divination, but this is going to be divination generally. So we're back to the folklore uh, 10th of January, because people are making affirmations, making wishes in the beginning of January. So we're going to go into that and how divination is done uh, through tradition. And then 
on the 17th, we're going on to Labyrinthing. And that is the early days of the Dancing Lady, the Herb Spiral Labyrinth, the Karakrori. It's now covered in herbs, but that's in its early days where the herbs were small. So uh, 17th of January, Sunday sessions is Labyrinths and Labyrinthing. And you can share your experiences on that. Uh, so anybody, uh, any last comments uh, to say? Uh, thank you all uh, for being here. Wishing you a great new year, great blessings, and hope you're all well. And uh, thank you for Marion uh, Peter March for the little bit of video there. And if you're uh, watching this later, keep your comments coming. If you're watching the archives, I will get back and uh, answer the comments. Also, please subscribe. Click the bell icons on YouTube and Facebook. They'll remind you of details of the next Sunday sessions. Uh, so enjoy a very safe week. Uh, lots of wonder, full of inspiration. Uh, and it's a great time for enchantments if you allow it. Uh, it's lovely. I'm sorry you didn't have guests, but it's lovely sharing with you, with those that attended today. Happy and blessed celebrations that pass into 2021. So it's until next Sunday. Play well, and it's bye-bye. Thank you very much. Oh, I better get the, rid of that picture, otherwise you won't see me saying bye-bye. There we go. There we go. Hey, right, bye-bye to you all, and, and thanks for joining. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>